Hey, welcome to the State of the Industry Sessions here on thedjsessions.com. I'm Adam Teagues, otherwise known as DJ Tigro. And we also have our main host here, Darren, slipping in. He would just go on live hey, on Facebook. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the DJ Sessions State of the Industry Sessions. And we have a special guest tonight. We do. We do. Mr. Mr. Gene Lee in the Gene house. Lee, What's DJ up? Gene Lee hey, in the thanks house. Thanks for coming by, man. Thank really you. appreciate it. Long we we found him. He was Follow lost, him. but we found him. <laughs> Always yeah. lost. Always so, lost. Um, yeah, just uh, this is our, our sixth week of doing the show, the State of the Industry Sessions, uh, on Rainer Avenue Radio World. Really love working with the station, the team over there. They didn't have an electronic music uh, station or anything discussing electronic music. So when we approached them a few weeks ago, we we're just really excited to be working with that team. I've uh, got some really awesome things coming up, but I know this guy has some questions and stuff prepared for you. I'm jumping in. I'm going to kind of ad-lib. You're just going to hang out? Sure, yeah, I'm going to hang sure. out. You know? He's going to hang out. Let it go and well, we were talking, you know, a lot of lot of, uh, lot of, of stuff came up when I, Darren asked me to be a part of this show and it gave me a platform. It gave me an opportunity. I wanted to reach out to some of my old friends. Yeah, Not I've known only, you for... 20 plus years so yeah and it all started back in in pullman pullman yeah Uh, i remember going back after i graduated Mm -hmm. um a matter of fact this was an event you threw i think it had dj dan and donald glod at the cub at the union building right yeah used the the uh the school's money to throw a rave (laughs) on and (laughs) actually that's a Probably my crowning achievement in Pullman was getting WSU to pay for raves. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't think they knew they were getting into that when they brought me on board. But yeah. I think they made money, though. They did, yeah. And so, students had fun. Well, that was the thing is that uh, the entertainment committee was slated to lose money. That was, a, that was what they are planning on doing. Yeah. And um, they never made money. And then they brought me on board we threw through the couple of years i was there we threw several huge raves and then they lost money i'm sorry they, they gained money and they didn't know what to do because normally if they gain money they would um basically cut the budget and they gave me more money the next year because they're like oh wow you made money well i guess we'll give you more money and so that really um was great and the next year the first year i think we had jesse brooks uh Jesse Brooks, we had several, uh, gosh, I forget exactly who was there, but Jesse Brooks was our headliner. And then the next year, we brought Don, Dan and Donald. And, and we were supposed to have Terry Mullen as well. Oh, yeah, I and that. Terry couldn't make it, and so we threw Sean Majors on the bill. And, and uh, so it was me. Who's, who's that? Yeah, Never heard me, of him before. Sean <laughs> and uh, Dan and Donald. And all four of us have still maintained a friendship to this day. Um, that back then, you know, they, we just looked up to them, uh, you know, to the sky and, and now, you know, over the years became really good friends. And well, I remember that, that night was really fun, by the way, that party was fun. Everybody left with just happy Mm -hmm. and And, and vibes. What year was this going on? What year is this? this Like 91, 99, 97, um, till 2000. Yeah, I was okay. going to say two, yeah. 2000 was the year I went back, I think. Yeah, so it was ni- 97 is when I got to WSU. <laughs> okay. And then um, and then I graduated in 2000 and left and came here to work with Donald at Respect Recordings. So. And were you doing shows before that? Were those your no, first shows I'd ever? No, I, I, 
uh, in 97, uh, before my first semester of school, I went to my first rave at NAF. And I ended up meeting my friend, uh, still a great friend of mine, Greg Kelly. Um, and we met in some hallway, and he had this Think. You remember the brand Think? Yeah. Like a yeah, yeah. rave wear. And he goes, yeah. I'm DJ Think. And I was like, oh, I'm Gene. This is my first rave, and, uh, and I'm going to WSU in a couple weeks. And he goes, I go there right now. And so he ended up meeting on campus at WSU a couple weeks later. And he ends up throwing the first party of, of many uh, that them, there were parties there before we got there. But in our era, they ended up being the first party that uh, really kicked off our rave scene, you know, there. Like I said, there's stuff going before we got there, but of our, our generation. Mm -hmm. And that's how I met Sean. Um, and we ended up doing a lot of stuff there. And, um, you know, it was, I, I it was it was a lot of fun and very eventful meaning that like a lot there's a lot of good things a lot of bad things you know there's like uh, you know um yeah there's a lot of a lot of like it, it you could make a movie about it i definitely you know <laughs> Some police or fire department stories there's or a lot like of that. fire department stories <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah the fire marshal bill that's yeah. funny my next note was actually about naf studios and yeah. just what that venue meant NAF a lot of studios. ravers yeah. or partiers or djs well, or whatever like what does naf mean to you naf well what, naf was like spot where we could go and hang out and and experience this music and before i even knew any genre yeah. it was all techno to me back then yep. you know it, whether it's drum and bass or or house, house or, or, trance or whatever, yeah it was techno. all techno, techno to me yeah. and i would just wander the rooms and be like i like this i don't like this i like this i usually liked everything yeah um and then i started figuring out oh okay this is deep house this is hard house this is drum and bass this is liquid drum and bass and um i you know we would just go there and being in Pullman, we're so removed from everything. You know, there was, there was nothing like that there. That's probably why we just started throwing raves there because there was nothing like that for, you know, hours. There was stuff in Spokane, which we would go up to, uh, but in Pullman, there's nothing there. And there's a lot of kids that wanted to take part in that, those activities. So yeah, Pullman and Moscow, Pullman and Moscow. Yeah. yeah. You know, and like, and that's where, you know, we did, you know, Greg threw those first raves, but then I remember Sean coming up to me and when we first met and he goes, all right, I'm going to throw a rave. It's called the project and it's going to be at this place called the beach. And as the, the yeah. And he drew up a flyer and I was just like, man, you're so brave. Like this is, this sounds like that's the always been Sean's thing is like, he's just always achieving aiming for the sky and and trying to to go for it and yes. for me i i just wanted to dj but he was just like no we're going to take this thing over and he had the grand scheme of that and and it worked you yeah. know um and, but, and now your buddy is down running the longest i believe the longest running nightclub on the west coast yeah 10 yeah. 15 Folsom. So. yeah i got a chance to go see him over labor day weekend and um it's amazing it, you know, I mean, I, I went there years ago and that was like when I started going to raves, um, it was a, you know, aspirational place to be, yeah. you know, you like Sasha, John Digweed, Carl Cox it was our local Ibiza. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And if you ever heard of a friend playing there or knew somebody there, like it was like, you got to go. And I ended up going a couple times, uh, in my twenties and was like, just like, it was like the Mecca, right? Well, after that, um, you know, I, uh, you know, 
like I didn't hear anything for a while and then Sean was like hey I'm going down for interviews down there and, and as soon as he, he didn't even tell me what it was you know and then he told me and I was like oh dude you got to take that job you know because it's just a it's a it's an iconic place you know, and, and we end up going down there, and, and uh, he's doing a great job. He's doing his thing down there, the, the Sean Majors thing, and um, I think they're really benefiting for it. So well, I, we miss him here in Seattle, though. I'm going to go to San Francisco. I have a wedding I get a yeah. DJ at in yeah. May, and I'm going to drop in and, and oh, say yeah. hi, I think, yeah, if I can. You know, leave the kids somewhere mm-hmm. else and, and go say hi. I mean, that's the thing is, that, you know, I mean, we've been friends for 20-plus years, and we've always been very in a very similar location, except for a couple of years, we lived in different spots, but, um, you know, like we do our night lost yep. and that's this Friday at, at monkey loft. And, um, Sean will be back for that. So it'd be like a little oh, bit of he'll a home. You'll be home this week. Yeah. Be awesome. Home this week. Cool. Yeah. So we'll come um, say hi. Yeah. We're really looking forward to that, to seeing him. I'm looking forward to seeing him and, you know, yeah, having a good, well, let me, my next question really kind of that leads us right into that is, uh, you know, the lost night, I, I've seen you play it everywhere in town from the Mikey Loft to Q to Foundation back in the day. Um, what's your favorite club to play at? What's your favorite atmosphere to play in? Well, if there is any. That's why I, right now it's Monkey Loft. And the reason being is that I've always, uh, I've always loved house parties. Like that's where I came from. That's, that's my roots. Yeah. And being like face to face with people you know, not up on some tower looking down, yeah. you know, like uh, before foundation was there, there was Medusa yeah. and Medusa was a huge venue and it was great, but you felt so disconnected, disconnected. from the crowd cause you're way up top. And I thought I'd be playing these sets that, uh, I thought were very good, but I'd have no idea if anybody even liked it because they were way down there. And I, but when people are in your face and you could, you know, get the, get the vibe from them. I, as I'm, you know, just in, in, I was thinking about this last weekend. Um, you know, the last couple of gigs I've had were like that. Uh, you know, I played a timber room with Wesley Holmes last weekend and, and, um, there's a tangible feeling when the vibe is going right, when you play that right track at the right time. And it's almost like the hair stands up on your arms because it's like, you know, they liked it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's not even like somebody told you anything. It's a feeling that happens in the room. And yeah. and when that happens, it's I think it's easier to to grasp that when you're in closer proximity of people. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that that's why I enjoy a, a venue that you're very close with people. It, it reminded me of that when you were saying that Monkey Loft, uh, thinking back at the old C-Sound Lounge days. Yeah. When you were right there in the crowd, it was intimate, and you had these big-name DJs, but... You're, they're you're right there, thirty feet away from them. Yep. The furthest point in the room, thirty feet would be long. Yeah, it'd be ten, 10 feet away, away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that was just such a great vibe mm-hmm. back then, and what Chrissy and Bryce were doing back at that club oh, at that man. time. I I really miss amazing. that spot. That was yeah. that was an era. Um, yeah, it you know, was. like we were, you know, we had a residency there for a long time, and and um, you know, one the environment that Christy and Bryce created um, was very. Like you'd see a lot of the same people come through, mm-hmm. you know, and they they definitely got I, I think uh, I don't know my opinion, like the, the, the patrons were like it was like cheers. You'd see the same cast <laughs> of people come through. And beyond that, then as a DJ, you know, they they booked, you know, us a lot. And then mm-hmm. they also had faith in me to experiment like, you know, I had um, Blake Blake Lewis, a good friend of mine. Okay. And 
you know, he wanted to get, you know, down into the DJ game and mm-hmm. we, we did some nights together there oh, and, wow. and they like had faith in me to do experiment with that, that kind of mm-hmm. thing there. So they were definitely American Idol, of, Blake Lewis, yeah, American Idol fame. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, they, they, uh, you know, it was, it was just a, a great atmosphere there. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. So you've been to Japan. Oh yeah! Oh, recently. I went to high school. In yeah, Japan. and you're going back. You can, yeah, I you, go you, every year. Japan's a big part of who you are. Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. And have you ever DJed in Japan? No, I have not DJed in Japan. Um, I DJed in Vietnam a couple, a couple of years ago, um, but not Japan. But Japan is where I think I got the first bug about DJing. So um, in high school, if you could go to nightclubs if you're American, and and um, so we would go sneak out and we go to these nightclubs. And go watch DJs play, and and it was That's just cool. and we go dance and like or pretend to dance or do you know? But I was so enthralled by it, and um, then it would come to the United States here, and and I would you know my friends like oh we're going to watch these these raves these events and 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 I thought I saw what real DJing was, and then I saw Donald Glaude, yeah. and <laughs> and so that really kicked it off for me. But but um, Japan has has been a huge part of uh creating who i am um yeah. uh culturally uh mm-hmm. you know i like i was telling my brought my girlfriend there this last year and you know we, we the instant thing that we realized when we were back in the united states is when we got on the escalator right off the airplane because in japan everybody lines up on the left side of the escalator Okay. And then if you need to walk by, you just go on the right and you can get through. And this is why we have traffic in the States. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because exactly. you're supposed to keep it, right. But all these people come over here and they're in the left going slow. And this guy it, right was there. on the escalator standing there with a suitcase to the right of him oh. and standing on the left. And we were trying to like get by to get to our taxi. And, and I'm just, it drove me nuts because we'd just come from this culture where everybody was just very orderly and very does that yeah yeah so i don't know it was it was uh i I really like the culture there i still have some really good friends my best friends uh pat and russ from high school um they they live there and they have a car export business there and they've like done really well for themselves and so i go go back i'm going back um in february me and my girlfriend are gonna go tell them to send some skylines over here oh yeah so i had a skyline in high school uh i bought it for 100 bucks (laughs) what's a skyline oh it's a nissan Nissan skyline Skyline. oh okay skyline Skyline. okay yeah i had a hachidoku too which is a a toyota ae86 it's like a drifting car that they made a comic book about oh yeah and um you know so i was big into cars in high school and and um bought a couple wrecked a couple and uh yeah so yeah japan's a, a big part of my growing up that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Vietnam. You've DJed in Vietnam. Don't we have uh, Justin uh, spent some time Just, over there, didn't he? Justin goes to Vietnam. Um, no. He's a lo- local, uh, he, local. He started in hip-hop back in the day, okay. and now yeah. he's he's into DJing and producing and stuff. And uh, he travels all over. I think he does like 250 shows a year, no traveling wow. all over the, the globe. And um, yeah, spent some time over there. Vietnam is, in my opinion, if you ask any, if I if people ask me where they should travel, if you haven't traveled much, oh. go to Vietnam. Yeah, like really? it, wow. it's your dollar goes very far there, and the people are very they're very nice. nice and for for um, having a country where we occupied them for a long time, and you know, um, they're very nice and very open and, and warm and welcome, mm. and and, and mm. eating's like a huge part of their culture. So they have this <laughs> I thing love called it. Yao, where <laughs> they you you sit Dinh Yao Dinh Yao and you sit. And you eat 
on the side of the street, like in these little like cafe type things, okay. and you do it for like four hours, and you just bullshit, you just talk, and they just keep bringing you little dish after little dish, drinking beers or whatever you you know do, yeah. and and literally like me and like five people, we went out did Dinyao for five hours. Yeah, it cost ten dollars a person at the end. Wow. Like we, we, is it like bar hopping, but for food kind of thing? Different kind of, but you're in one spot. one spot. I mean, one you can spot. do, we did two Dinyaos in one night, you know, like <laughs> I went to one place and went to the, and then this That's other what I was getting at. good, yeah. good, like shrimp. And so it was on like this, uh, uh, cooking show, you know? So we were like, all right, let's go there. But, but really like, it's like, it's literally eating for yeah. hours. And, um, that's the only reason why you don't get drunk is because you are eating so much. You're just eating for hours. So, yeah, it was a, it's, it's a great place to go. I highly recommend going to Vietnam. It's the spot. And it's like the fifth largest growing um, economy in the world right mm -hmm. now. So, like, you'll see buildings that look way more high-tech than anything we have in Seattle. Like, look, they have something that looks like the Avengers building oh, yeah. with, like, Tony Stark's, like, uh, helipad on it. Yep. It's, like, it literally looks like that. Jason Mountain's out in Hong Kong right now. Okay. He posted that picture. It looked like the Avengers building. Oh, no, no shit. Yeah, okay, it looks cool. just like yeah. it was, like, great. It had the helipad yeah. out. It was, I was yeah. like, wow, that's yeah, some crazy stuff Asia over there. Southeast Asia is really, really blowing up right now, and um, I, I, uh, I highly recommend it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was going to ask about your deep and bass uh, project yeah. with Rob and, and, the, and whatnot. Tell, yeah. tell us about one of our that. sponsors. Yeah. Oh, they are one of your sponsors. Yeah, one of our Sweet. affiliate sponsors. Yeah. Uh, deep and bass was this thing where, you know, I go to Burning Man and um, me and uh, my buddy, you know, Seth, who does all our graphic design, Seth Grimm, and Rob Noble, um, we went to uh, Burning Man together. And we had been out all night. Did you arrive with clothes and leave with clothes? Or how yes, did that yes, work? Yes, yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, but, you know, we went out one night. And we, like, you know, had a late night. And their drum and bass, you know, they were very into drum and bass. And they'd been playing, like, this, like, chiller drum and bass. And I, I'd been into LTJ Bookham and stuff like that back in the day. So I was very, like, um, knew a lot about, like, liquid stuff. But hadn't been up on it at that point. This is, like, 2012, I think. And I go, the next day, I was like, guys, just, like, play drum and bass all day. Play that chill stuff. And they're like, oh, okay. And, and like, him and Rob went back and forth. And I think I jumped in for a couple tracks, but I, they were playing their music. And then we got back, and we created this uh, mix called The Hero's Journey. And then, play, and, it, and it, like, I just listened to it nonstop over and over again. And it introduced, like, these artists that we know called, like, Synchro and LSB and... Um, you know, th these artists that were like in the chiller vibe of drum and bass. And then Rob, I think is Rob is at, he's at some, we're at some party and he goes, I'm, we're going to start this night called deep and bass. And it's all about that music. And we got, you know, at that time, you know, um, our buddy Zachariah from 360, um, he was, he was really, he listened to that mix and he's really feeling that, that music. Mm -hmm. And he was expressing how much he, he was loving that that genre and another brother Terry who is very uh, Terry Himmelstein which is um, content so that's his DJ name and he was like the head he had all the info on all these artists yeah. and we just kind of got together and put this deep and bass thing together and created a night at Monkey Loft based around this type of music that you really didn't hear anywhere else mm -hmm. And it was all just this music that we loved and we wanted to push it. And so we all put out a mix together uh, or, or put it mixes separately, but released them once a month. 
And that really like launched the whole project uh, going forward. And we had our six year anniversary uh, two weeks ago at Monkey Get Love. On. And um, the, I like, I put my set together and I was like feeling it so much that I released it the Monday after Deep and Bass. And that's my newest mix on SoundCloud right now. Cool. Get and um, it's, um, it's something that, that gives, gives me a whole different energy and vibe than, um, than, uh, gives me a whole different energy than than house and house music you know yeah. you know mm -hmm. and it feeds a different part of my soul yeah you know so no i i i get it i just i love music overall i'll, sure. I'll do some drum and bass i'll yeah. do some house music yeah i know you you you, you dancer <laughs> i mean when i met you you're a trance dj so yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we do it all man we do yeah. it all totally, totally. that uk hard house and energy yeah NRG. Well, yeah. It's, so, NRG. so that leads me into something that again back in the day Music acquisition mm. was different. Like I would, you would have your pools, and you would have places even Europe. I would order records from Europe, and when I play them, I'm the only one that has them here. No one really was into it, mm. but they liked it. I, I I had a little niche or a crew yep. of people that followed yep. me around because they liked it, and they didn't know where else to get it. Mm. Now you can get anything anywhere online. Mm. So I'm I'm just curious what you do when you're not making your own music. Where are you? acquiring your music from are you you know other than like the beat ports and soundcloud are there other sources out there well yeah no i mean beat port uh you know wasn't a i did everything in my power to not go on beat port yeah. and now beat port's so good yeah I, you know mm -hmm. it's and it's i i i mean i'm a so i get hyper focused for a certain amount of time and i dive deep into a genre and i like just get so hyper focused on it that i don't see anything else out there and um and it could be on an artist you know like a like a or a genre you yeah. know we were talking about like nora and pure and 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 EDX enormous tunes and you enormous, know yep. yeah and that's what thanks like, for opening my eyes on that that's yeah you like, know whoa yeah and yeah. and i like i got into them for a little bit i got into synchro synchro if anybody hasn't heard synchro out there and you're teaching a yoga class Go get go synchro. get synchro. It's like, like it's, ambient. It's like it's like he, he does music. like ambient drum and bass. Very intelligent. Cool. It is it is very emotional. It'll make you want to cry. It is the cool. most beautiful wow. chord progressions you've ever out. heard. Cool. S Y N K R O. And he you know and we've been trying to get him book him at deep and bass for a long time. Rob's working on that, but he doesn't like to come to the United States. Oh. And he's from England, and and so it's very rare that he plays you know outside of England. Um, so, you know, I get very hyper-focused into things and then I will dig down into things like Bandcamp for a certain artist. But, you know, a lot of the artists I get into are genres, um, lately, interestingly, is, uh, Spotify. Yeah. Spotify, there's this certain thing that's happening where everything's connecting that if you want to release, uh, I, and I think it's a lot of the distributors that distribute to the same spot, but if you want to release a track, you, it will go onto Spotify, it will go to Beatport. And it will go um, some some other places if you're willing to give them their money. Yeah, Synchro doesn't he doesn't like to play those games, so he will do stuff on a certain label or his Bandcamp. Yeah, you know? um, a guy named Alex Perez, a drum and bass artist I'm into. He he um, has his label at 1985 Music, and that's mainly the spot that you will see him release his music, but not on other labels. Um, so if they're if you're just trying to break out into the scene. Yeah. You'll you'll try to get it out any way you can, but if the guys who've been here for a little while, they realize that they're giving their money away to other labels or other 
other avenues so they don't they don't like to release on other places so yeah what what does what do they take is it 50 percent or what do they ask oh, on it a depends. track i mean you know it depends on on what the deal is if it's a big label they'll they'll take they might take everything really yeah but no royalties for the artists that made it yeah but i mean but it, as a result you know that thing that they tout is the exposure yeah you know um and but it all depends on the label you know a lot of a lot of the bigger labels that they want to make sure that their their people get um, a bigger piece of the pie, you know, and they they will promote them for shows. And yeah. that, that's that's mm-hmm. how a lot of people make money now is touring. Yeah, you know, they, they it's go the out. live shows. The yeah, tic- the, live the ticket shows sales. That, you selling music online is not is not a, a very lucrative lucrative thing. You, you know, know, I just heard that that Billboard. I think it was Billboard. I just read this recently. They're going to actually start to track individual downloads and count them towards your numbers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now. Even if it's a freebie or whatever. It's yeah, something like, yeah, still a download yeah, is a total download. downloads versus sales. Yeah, That's and they're the going to start using YouTube plays as well. You, I think that there's, they, they have to because yeah. There, yeah. there's there's a bigger audience to, to just track sales I feel like is the old way and you're really ignoring a huge market that's out there of people that are really into your music. Yeah. Certain people will may not have many sales at all, yeah. uh, but they might have a shit ton of plays on Spotify and it's just because their audience might be a little more savvy and, and knows how to download MP3s, Yeah, you know, exactly. but you go to their live show and it's fucking sold out, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So it, the, in the, if you're just going by their billboard sales, yeah. they, then they're not that big of an artist. Mm-hmm. You go to their live show, you'll see how big of the artists they are. Yeah. You know, that's that's something that I brought up uh, a while back. At, uh, looking at the Billboard, oh yeah, a little alarm. Looking at the Billboard top 100, just mm-hmm. just a month ago, and I'm just like, of all the artists producing songs, I really don't care for 80 percent of what's out there commercially. Sure. Well, you, know? you have to realize that there's a lot of um, a lot of uh, labels, and I, I'm sure this is well known now, but they will purchase um, their way onto the Billboard top 100. What? Yeah. Like they'll they'll buy buy x amount of copies of their track. Okay. Yeah, because it gets you into that, and then and then once you're on the top 100, it's easier to stay on the top 100 because you're you're visible now. Yeah. If you know, you got to think about how many songs are being released every month. So. Well, I I doubt Ed Sheeran and Billie Eilish are having to pay for it. No, 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 but. totally. But they're already there. <laughs> but if you're a you breakout know, artist, exactly, you know, yeah. like yeah, like Lil Whoever of the Week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> So yeah. we do have to pause right now for a station identification and uh, give a shout out to our sponsors. Or uh, we're on Rainer Avenue Radio World. We're sitting here. You're listening to the DJ Sessions presents the State of the Industry Sessions with special guest Gene Lee. I'm your host Darren, and this is Adam DJ Tigro, one of our DJ Sessions resident DJs. I just want to give a shout out to our sponsors right now: Hard Rock Cafe, United States DJ Association, Weed Maps, Pike Brewing Company, East Lake Bar and Grill, or a nightclub. International Radical Live Streamers. Think Twice, Cascadia, Bark ADM, Emerald City EDM, Seattle Social, and to our featured crews in Motion Productions, Resurgence, Reflect, Covert Ops, Deep and Bass, yeah, Seattle DJ Academy, Social Function, and Compound Records, rocking in the house. Any shout outs you want to give before, the, before we take the small break? All our listeners out there. All our like listeners out there, say in. what's up, socialize, share. Tweet hashtag the DJ sessions. Oh, don't forget we got our new sh- series coming up. We just launched last week too. The cab sessions. The cab sessions. The cab sessions. Check that out on our website. Uh, that's where we're going to actually take the DJs, put them up front in the show, 
and uh, and in front of the truck as we're driving around for the mobile sessions while the party's going on in the back. And uh, check it out. We're going to be streaming live from the truck here coming soon for 2020 as well. It's going to be some awesome stuff there. Um, any shows? we got our rooftop party coming up next month on June, January 11th from 1 to 5. The DJ Sessions presents the Beats and Eats. We've got Lost. we got Lost it's coming Lost. up on twenty. Come out to Monkey Love. Um, 10 p.m. Definitely. to 4 a.m. We have uh, uh, Griffin Girl, uh, Hector Rodriguez, me, Sean. Snapdragon. Snapdragon, and then Silk Road. Silk Road. Yeah. Silk Road, yeah. They're, yeah, they're so good. it's, it's, it's going to be a big show. Um, mm-hmm. And What time does the door open? 10 p.m. and 10, goes till 4 a.m. 10 to 4. And uh, we usually are third Saturdays, but we are, I guess this is the first time I've said it publicly, we're moving to Saturdays. Um, okay. In January, and we'll be okay. announcing that show next week. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Weekly? Uh, no, every every <laughs> second week. Because that would be every, awesome. Uh, no, it's weekly. A lot of stuff. I've lot done weekly do. before, <laughs> and that's a lot of work. It's, it's too, too much work. It's it, it, it was, if you don't have a job, like, but I I, I work every day, so. Yeah. so 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 let me ask you this. So we talk about the state of the industry, okay, and we we wonder why that again, we think music's become so spread out that there are so many little niches and places where people go. Mm. And I'm just curious if there are, you know, you have all your mainstream places that people know, but are there any uh, underground things going on or any? I'm sure there are. That, uh, that you know of or that I, you've I been mean, invited to play at or? No, I mean, there, there are definitely like warehouse type parties. Um, I'm not sure if you guys know Jabubi, but he is. Jabubi. No, Jabubi yeah. very well. Yeah, and Good he guy. is. He is the the underground guy <laughs> right now. Uh, has been for a little while, and he, yeah. he's definitely thrown some some cool things. That he he's the guy that I look to to find you some weird location in some uh, you know either abandoned place or you know yeah. some 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 venue that you're not sure if this is legal or not. And uh, and but he he throws some awesome shows. You okay. know, I love that guy. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. as as I get older, it gets it gets harder for me to go out sure, sure. and do what we used to do in our twenties and thirties mm. and uh, whatnot. But I just you know I miss I miss club world, I miss nightlife, I miss anything that good music's involved mm. at live. Mm. And uh, I don't know, I, I think I'm gonna be exploring more. I'm gonna be that old guy that comes to the show yeah. and and just is in the back, kind of checking things out. And I, I don't I think, mind being that guy. You know, <laughs> the, the 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 thing that that people now have a better uh, opportunity for is that there is it used to be everything was so f- splintered or, f- or fractured in terms of if you go to only a drum and bass thing or only and there's only a drum and bass crowd there yeah. and there's only a trans crowd and only a house crowd now everybody there's a lot of cross-pollination that happens yeah. so but if you really want to dive into something like deep and bass is the perfect example of that mm-hmm. It's not just drum and bass. It's deep drum and bass. Mm. There only used to be a drum and bass show before. Like one show, you know. And if you caught some deep stuff in there, that's cool. But now it's a night dedicated to To. deeper drum and bass. And so, you know, there's deep house nights. There's hard house Mm. nights. There's, you know, there's you have the opportunity to get into what you're looking for. So that's, you know, if you're a music goer, that that's what I recommend is finding out what you're into. What yeah. are you into? And then you can find something to go out and uh, participate in. For me right now, I mean, 
I'm biased, but Monkey Loft has been a great place to, to, to definitely take part in that. Rebar is a great place for that as well. You know, um, so there, there's a lot of good venues out there that have great music and it's never been bigger. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I remember, uh, you know, in 2006, Donald and I were, Donald Glaude and I were sitting on a plane and, you know, he was just, he, I think it, we were talking and he's just, he had this perspective that he thought that things were going to end soon. And at that moment, it really did feel like things mm. weren't like we might be reaching the end of an era at that yeah. point. But I had this perspective that it's like, nobody has been the Beatles of this yet. That's what I told him. I said, like, nobody's been the Beatles of this yet. And I think that still hasn't happened yet. No. Like nobody's been that. And to the point to right now, I think that the Beatles, the highest point that we've seen would either be dead mouse or Skrillex. And um, they're the big and and by Skrillex winning that many uh, Grammys that year, I think it was two thousand eight. That blew the door wide open for everybody else. And mm-hmm. whether you like Skrillex even, or even not, even Avicii right is right in there with yeah, those guys. Exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. You know, the thing that people don't realize is that when you have those bigger artists that that achieve so much, yeah. it does everything else for everything down to the the monkey loft level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it really does. Trickle More down. people go out. Because they, they're like, oh, I listen to EDM. Well, some people cringe at the the, the, the term. term EDM, <laughs> but it's all. And I, I might, but all it is is electronic dan- dance music. I do. I can't stand it. I, yeah. I call it electronic yeah. music. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's but not. but still. But what that is is that they might start by calling it that way. Yeah. That and then they get into it. They get yep. into the deeper. Like, oh, I really like deep house. Yep. Then they go to a. Then they go to flammable. And yeah. Then now they're in the scene. Yeah. You know, yeah. They're in the like this this like the subsect of what EDM really encompasses. Mm -hmm. And so, so, you know, I I think by having these bigger artists and now, now you look at any ad Sprite or a car ad, there's DJs there. Like there's DJ is the cool thing now. Yeah. You know, and it used to be this thing where I wouldn't, I would try not to talk about it. And now I'm talking about it in job interviews. Yeah. (laughs) You know, this thing that I've always like, pushed off to the side is like something that not to be proud of or to, to hide because it was illegal before. raves were illegal yeah. you know yep. and now it's something that is coveted in anything where any any industry you're in people look up to djs and you know it's it's interesting to see how much it's grown yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. i was gonna say i i you taught me something tonight when we were when we met up beforehand mm. uh with soundcloud and the intro Oh sure. To to get past the uh, the copyright thing, but yeah. I think uh, as I've witnessed lately, DJs don't transition very well from one to another. They all they just want to cut the last guy off and start with like an intro. Okay. And I'm wondering well, if I mean, SoundCloud that, yeah, that has anything very, to do with you're that. You're overgeneralizing there, but yeah. sure, sure. Yeah, because yeah. I I used to love when we'd go to parties. One of the things I used to love was how DJ A got the DJ B, and like when did they really sure. change? Like that transition, carrying the vibe that was, was set carrying, before you. Exactly, and yeah. that is not happening nowadays. Sure, at least at the shows I've been going to. Sure, and that could be just the shows you've been going to. Yeah. But I, the you know, not to toot our own horn, but like, uh, like at Lost, we try and create a vibe and try and carry that vibe. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and and um, and and part of that is respecting the vibe that was there right before you. Yeah. So a lot of times I will go in with, um, or a lot of people will go in with what they think they're going to do that night 
and then they hear who played before them, and they're like, "Oh, well, that's thrown out the, the window." <laughs> yeah, and you I got to adjust. You shift these gears. Dancers, because it's dancers first. There, you yeah. know, it's mm-hmm. these people that they want. They know they're going to listen to good music, and they when they come and they see Wesley Holmes play there, that they they are going there to dance their asses off. And if they're dancing their ass off to Wesley Holmes, and I come up next, I got to respect that. Yeah. Now sometimes yeah. I take it my own way eventually, but. You know, it, especially initially right off the bat, you know, you got to kind of match vibes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not going to, like, turn it down and play a bad boy bill, you know, <laughs> like like intro track that, that like, <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Totally. You know? and, yeah, totally. Some sirens. Yeah. the know. DJ. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, now, you know, there's certain people, like, um, I played at Foundation and Mark Knight played after me. And he did that after I played. And But I wasn't mad about it because that's Mark Knight. And he's going to do what he, people come to see him play just like they would go see any band that you your favorite band that you see play. He's not trying to ride my vibe. You know, yeah. he's he's booked to do his thing, yep. you know, and I was booked to set it up for him. Yeah. You know, so. And he did good that night. He too. did great that no, night. No, you did. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had a great time there. Yeah. 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 Uh, a matter of fact, I think didn't somebody come on a mic and maybe say give it up for gene lee and oh here's mark knight so there was something that filled the time it wasn't just dead air yeah but you know know, he did end my set and then he started his and i'm not i'm okay with that you know Uh, for a headliner yeah yeah yeah. i get that yeah but but you know i think there's something to be said about taking a vibe that's in a room and building on it yep you know and 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 respecting it yeah, it's like and Legos. You don't just go in and kick your friend's Lego no, thing down and start from it. scratch. You yeah. kind of add to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I had I had another little blurb here about if wondering if you have any favorite new tech, whether it's in in the studio or DJ wise. Is there anything you're using that you're just excited about now I mean, or not? So you know, I worked for a while developing MIDI controllers for for Behringer, and um, and what I found is. I got into a lot of new tech and um, it was detracting from my workflow. And I have stuck with my same workflow. A, a friend of mine works at Native Instruments, Jim Mazur, or he worked, he doesn't work there any longer, but he developed the X1 controller. Yep. And he sent me the X1 and he's like, here, try this out, you know, see what you think. And it re- revolutionized the way that I, I DJ. Yep. And I still use it to this day. I, I bought the newer version, but that's, uh, you know. Um, and, you know, we were talking about this before and it's, 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 Something that I, it's a workflow that I've, I've really, uh, I've really, you know, stuck with it. And, and I want to say this to people that are out there getting into DJing. And I know you're a really early adopter of technology. You love, I, I mean, I've learned more, a lot from you about just seeing when I saw you play at Microsoft, you know, like, you know, you had this new speakers that I, I've never even seen before, or you know, EVs, yeah, like and, or the Denon stuff. And, but find your workflow yeah. and, become a master with it that's yeah. what i say yeah. before adopting new technology become a master at your workflow and that's that's because the number one thing is how you perform and delivering to the crowd that's in front of you and if you got if you can do that then by all means do you know, do that but yeah. but you know don't get too caught up on the new technology that's out there yeah. you because know, there's all that's the best thing about this thing is when we're on the cusp of technology being in this industry there's a lot of smart people working in this industry and uh i i work with a lot of them you yeah. know and not to say don't look into it but find what works for you and and get really good at it yeah do, yeah. You, do you have a process by which 
when you acquire music that you run it through yeah. before you play it. Like, mm-hmm. for example, for me, I run it through a normalizer. I adjust the volume. Sometimes you, you get music that nobody you will appreciate this mm. they didn't master it properly mm. and you get clipping and peaks and things that just if you take it down a little bit it'll sound better on a bigger sound system i don't do any of that to my, mix, that? my music um no so the auto gain in tractor yep. there's the two auto gain and i use that yeah that's that the can, native instruments yeah and that yeah, and yeah. that's similar to normalization that yep. is pretty much the same thing which uh-huh. or normalization in case anybody doesn't know it finds the peak part of us of a song and then it sets that's where zero is and and so if something's not mastered correctly if there's a spike then you could have a quiet song that is is not normalized right so what i do is i take my music i run it through mixed and key and then after running it through mixed and key then i bring it into tractor and then i um and i put it on my phone and i like i said i get into wormholes about things and i get very repetitive but i will listen to it incessantly over and over and over again so i know exactly where i where to what what to do with it then i'll take it into my studio and i'll have a little session with taking a song and then i'll try this song with that song and then i'll try the next song with that song and i'll try 30 different songs with one song that i'm really into yeah to find the perfect song to mix out of it and know and set cue points to know where the perfect part place to drop it is so that I know that these two tracks, when they match up, it's it's going to create an energy in the room and a vibe in the room. And if I feel that vibe by myself in my studio, yeah, then I know I'm onto something. You <laughs> Especially know? the people that are into music, they're going to feel it too. And then if and then to have that like reciprocated when I bring it and play it live, yep. then I'm like, oh, I know I did something. And I've done it so many times that I know. Well, not every time, but I, I know a lot of times w- what will work for me. Um, yeah, totally. And 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 like the my deep and bass set that I just put on on SoundCloud, I put that all together in one day before I went and played it live. And then when I played it live, it was like reciprocated, like like people went off to it. And and then I was like, okay, that worked. Yeah, that's you know? oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I get it. That's part of what we do. Why we do? Why yeah. we do what we do? Cue points, though. Cue points are big, a big part of me. Is I, I use. The one cue point to, to start at the beginning of the track. Yep. Two would be a secondary cue point. And then three or four might be for a breakdowns. And then cue point number five is always where I drop the next track in. Oh, wow. So this is where and you these are all on extended the, mixes too, right? Yeah, yeah or, or anything. Yeah. yeah. But, but if I know when five is coming up, that that's where I start the next track. Yeah. And, and that's how I know to get. And then I will put six in to know where I need to take it out. Oh, there you go. Yeah, but in, 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 visual, in out, in out. Yeah, yep. visual ways to let me myself know where to go with it. Cool. Yeah. No, that that says a lot. Uh, I've used mixed and key and and the whole platform. Mm. Love love it. Um, experimented with with their DJ program a while back, and not not really became mainstream, but it's fun, it was fun to play on with your laptop mm. and be just be able to, to overlap that. And of course, the Camelot scale. Yeah. Circle of fifths is if if DJs don't know what that is it's something to learn yeah i'm i'm just i'm amazed gene because i teach a lot of younger djs mm. how just the lack of organization the lack of even uh, the the tags the artists the title the genre the beats per minute or whatever mm. and there are, i use a, a program called tag and rename mm-hmm. for that but even like you you use yours i use there's an mp3 gain or even mm. mixed in key 
um, just for those uh, harmonics and normalization platinum and whatnot. Notes, platinum notes. Yeah, yep. Yep. Key. Was yeah. the other one. Yep. So just just cool to learn what somebody else goes through from sure. from the time you download the track, you've listened to it thirty times, you've mixed it with other tracks. Mm. And you might even make your own remix or edit to it before it yep. makes it in your crate. That's that's <laughs> a big thing too. Is that me and Sean and Wesley are, have been big? Like we're like we like this song, but we don't like that that one part one part in the you, middle yep, totally. Or or you know, and we all have done our own edits of of tracks, and it's kind of being selfish and being like we only like what we like. And I'm sorry, yeah. I don't mean to be selfish selfish when I do that. Yeah, yeah, but but you know, they, but then when you do that. Yeah. You get what you want out of it, totally. you know, and and there maybe there's that second breakdown that's a little annoying to you, and you just you don't want to skip it. Oh, you I know? get it. And and what, for, what were they thinking when they put this in here? Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> and so, um, you know, when I put in a suggestion to Tractor um, where it's uh, you could use cue markers that follow follow points where. Let's say you want to skip that breakdown. So you get to Q marker yes. four, yep. it then skips to Q marker five and skips like the, the beginning. Q marker four might be at the beginning of the breakdown. Q marker five might be at the end of the breakdown. So it just skips and follows. And that's I think cool. They might be implementing that in Tractor. Uh, you know, uh, that's sim- similar to Serato's flip, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, I'm, not, I I mean, think, I'm not familiar with that. I think I'm, I just play with it a little bit, but it's it's I think that's kind of the similar thing it's not necessarily making your own edits but it's it's doing it on the fly and telling a cue point to go from here to here yeah yeah oh, that's very so that's exactly what i'm talking about yeah, yeah totally i think it's, it, to me it's a cool idea because a lot of days these days too you get music that's quantized mm-hmm. and it already is perfect so if we just chop it and, yeah. and, re- yeah, and re-put the it BPM together set. it's, it's yeah. like, like a sewing machine almost for music mm-hmm. we're just mm-hmm. intertwining them and you know cutting a little volume here or there just to splice them but mm. I don't know studio stuff, right? We can mm. get into it all night about yeah, that. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. I just, I love, I love that about uh, what we do. Darren, do you have any questions for Gene? I know I had one or two more, but I want to you know, give you no, an opportunity I mean, you've, to... just, you've been around for a while in the Seattle mm. scene, done a lot, worked with some of the top people. You know, I, I just every time, you know, it's it's always funny you say you Donald, Donald, Donald. He was one of the He's first been the biggest TJs, yeah, yeah, for, yeah, that I saw in '92 at the Underground. Wow, yeah, that's um, older than me. Yeah, yeah so it's time. like that just blew my mind right there. And um, he's coming to town soon, I think. I He'll think be he in is. town this weekend. Oh, yeah. he'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and um, always a pleasure to, to say hi to him. But you know, what has been the one most single influential thing that you've seen? Maybe if we look at it from local, national, or internationally with electronic music what has been is it technology I mean, is it popularity what is no, it easier no. for entry if, if anything the popularity has made me uh, shy away from it mm-hmm. you know um as as i've gotten you know I, I, once i moved to seattle and got a little bit of a name for myself the the popularity really scared me um and made me more of an introvert i'm a bit of a i know it doesn't sound like it but i'm a bit of an introvert in with my personal life I, I know it, I'm my personal life's very public, but, um, but you know, I just, I, I just like my thing and my, you, you know, like, like Gene Lee time. Sometimes. Yeah. I like Gene Lee time. Snowboarding. I, I, yeah. Snowboarding, et cetera, video games, you know, hanging out with my cats, my wonderful girlfriend, you know, and I, those are the, and, and so that's put me away from it. But I think I love Donald, but the one person that I really, managed uh tried to manage my like dj career after is dj dan 
Um, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, even Donald told me to do that. Donald's like, Dan's always handled the business end of things like perfectly. And he, he really has, uh, I mean, he, a, a, anybody who's not even, who doesn't know who DJ Dan is, look up to him, look, yeah. look, look into what he's doing because Dan has put himself in a position where now he could retire if he wanted to. But he doesn't have to. Now huh. he does everything for the love of what he wants to do. And yeah, he does it dope. on his terms. That's dope. And that's mm-hmm. where everybody should look to get. Because I think as in, in doing any art, and I think of this as an art, um, the ability to do things on your terms is the most important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and not be driven by, I have to do this. I have to do that to make money. And that's why I've always had a job. That's why I've always, you know, like worked where I've, the different jobs I've worked so mm-hmm. that I could have um, freedom with my DJing. Yeah. Now I've always like, I've been laid off at some places and I've been, been able to fall back on DJing to make money, but, but I've never relied on it. And yeah. it's allowed mm-hmm. me to take the gigs I want to be involved with the projects I want mm-hmm. and, and to express myself the way I want more creatively more probably creatively, too. Right. And yeah. I have to play, you know, you know, the, the music that, might not be inspiring to me yeah so that's cool yeah and and you know you brought up something about you know obviously you do have your public persona but you're more of an introvert there's a video that just came out recently it was done by pioneer i keep bringing this up Mm. almost every other show sure and it was about the advent of the cell phone the mobile device in the nightclub did you get a chance to see that video no i didn't and it's you know carl's and all the big name djs are in there saying before you'd come well your homeboy Sean does the mm-hmm. no signal parties. Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly pulling away from that yeah, selfie a, culture and everything. That is a huge, huge thing that DJs are like we have to now be on camera twenty four seven. Yep. When we're playing a show, it used to not be that way, and people want to get up in the booth and do that selfie with you. And you're, is it taken away from the artist? So you know, you you, you were involved with the no signal parties, correct? Yeah. Well, yeah, I yeah. I played probably the last year the best party I played mm-hmm. was no signal on Halloween. And, okay. and, um, Sean had a techno room there right. and the techno is acquired, is an acquired taste. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a, a popular genre, mm-hmm. but when I played that room, it was people that were into techno and mm-hmm. nobody was on their phone. Nobody was, nobody was doing anything, but just throwing down and just like, it, it was, I got done and I was just like dancing, spinning, hopping, doing just into it into, into, into yep. it like yeah. hardcore like 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 it was years ago mm-hmm. you know in a warehouse and it was in a warehouse <laughs> you know and and um i think that that's very important you know mm-hmm. um i went to see i mean dave Chappelle. you mm-hmm. know and he, when you go to a dave Chappelle show you you have to lock up your phones oh wow you know and and it's partially one because he doesn't want you to film his stuff and put it out online because they're jokes that he's working on but two it's because it keeps you engaged. Yeah. You know, you're not tweeting about where you're at. You know, there, there's a, a certain thing when you see people traveling where they're taking pictures of what they want to remember and they're not even engaging what, what they're going to remember. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and that's very important. Look to, at the picture later. Yeah, look at, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you might not even look at that freaking picture later. Yeah. Be engaged right now and tell me about it. Yeah. Tell mm-hmm. me how that made you feel. Yeah. yeah. And, and, um, I really, I really like that, you know, I, I, I like that. So I, I'll, I'll check out that video. It's, yeah. I thought it was a really great concept when Sean announced that with the team and everything. And then I think was it Claude Van Stroke he brought up for one of them. That, Claude, I went to that com- show. It was ridiculous. Yeah, Dirty bird. He, he completely yeah. 
Claude was like, I love this idea. I remember, I don't know if there was a press release somewhere. Someone said that Claude was just like, I really love that concept. Mm-hmm. That's what it needs to get back to. I was at that show. And yeah. it was amazing. And that, that show like, was a warehouse of people yeah. going nuts. Yeah. Nobody tweeting, nobody posting. You know, I'm sure there are people here and there, mm-hmm. but, but you know what I mean? Like, that's what the, when you get everybody on board, that's yeah. the thing, you know? And, you know, I mean, uh, we have to admit, like, like, you know, clubs and whatnot are about status. A lot of times there, there's yeah. like people want to be seen. They want to be part of this thing, you know, maybe because it's where they came from that they, they didn't, you know, maybe they're boosting their social status by being at this thing. And mm-hmm. that's okay if you do that. But why I'm there is to make you dance. And why I, you're there, I hope you're there to dance. Because yeah. if you're not, go to the back. Or at least there's bob a bunch your of head and in, be into it, right? You well, know, there's a bunch of people in the front who are serious about Fist this. Mm-hmm. They're serious and they want to get down. Yeah, you know, and so like move to the back and do your tweet or your your, po- oh, your yeah. post, especially you know, that. and and let the people that really want to get down and who are engaging with the mm-hmm. music, let them come to the front and be part of it. You know, totally, yeah, totally, right on. Yeah, it's uh, like, I can't remember what the name of the movie was, but it it was put out by Pioneer. Like a month or month and a half, two months ago, maybe yeah. tops. I'm, I'm gonna take it's it. It's pretty cool. Look at it. You should put, put the link in this too. I'll check you out. I'll, I'll check it out. See if I can find it, and I'll, I'll post it when I repost the show. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Well, you had a couple more questions. Uh, just a, a few things. I was just curious. This is going way back here. Mm-hmm. Was this thing called Slug uh, at Shoreline Community College that you were involved with? And I, it was mentioned that you might have taught Ableton. Is that, uh, no, is that I true wasn't or in the no? no? There, but I, I taught um uh like I had DJ lessons there okay. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but oh, Slug is I think here. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's an Ableton group. Oh, um, oh okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but and, the group, I guess, they had something to do with that. I guess in the article. Yeah, no, I read. They, and I wasn't. I, I went to a couple of the, the seminars, but I've um uh, I've taught Ableton separately here. Yeah. Uh, I've been uh I've been using Ableton since two thousand. Five or, or six. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and I, wow. I first heard about it from uh, Donald and went over to his house and, and he was using it and it looked like a little toy. Yeah. You know, like the interface is all, you know, like gray gr- and gray. It just weird looks, knob didn't and, look yeah. like this thing that was trying to look like a uh, real like uh, SSL mixer or something like that. It was, it was a, looked like a toy. Yeah. And um, ended up going, and I remember going to Platinum Records and seeing um, Peter Christensen from the Launcher Generals. And he used Cubase, but he goes, well, if you want to take a hip-hop track and use that vocal and speed it up to go over a house song, Ableton's the one for you. I don't use it, but, you know, you, that's what you do. And I went home. I was like, got to get Ableton. Because <coughs> that's what Sean and I used to create, you know, um, our, our lost our pound music. You yeah. know, is all those tracks were like hip-hop re- hip-hop vocals over house beats you know and yeah. like you know remixes of those types of tracks and ableton allowed us to do that yeah cool yeah uh so i guess that leads me to this one is if next time you're in the studio if if you were to think about me mm. i would love to come just shadow you and see sure. how you work and say sure. how do you make the perfect bass line and Sure. Pick your brain yeah. like that. Would you allow me to do that? Yeah, yeah, no, uh, no problem. Little collab, little Tigro, yeah, Gene Lee collab. The one thing that's really great about right now in music is that software has become so powerful. Mm-hmm. And and I used to have outboard synths, uh, you know, uh, Moog synthesizers, uh, Little Fatty, Voyager, um, and the SE1X. I, I, w- I had all these outboard synths. And then the people made software versions of them and i'm not saying that they work 
100% like the hardware version, but it's pretty damn good. Yeah. And I, I mix and master all in the box now. Yeah. Like I, I mix and master all my all my stuff and other people's music all in in the software it, because it sounds so good. Yeah. And and so what it allows is it allows anybody to buy a you know laptop and get Ableton and these synths and you know virtual synthesizers and really create a pro a product that you all you need is your laptop. Yeah. And maybe some mm -hmm. good reference monitors and and stuff like that, but. You know, you can do a lot by yourself, and that's what's I think made the boom of of this industry so 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 much. What's yeah. Up? yeah, one minute. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Last question for Gene would be, uh, what's your favorite food or favorite restaurant in Seattle? Okay, um, I, it's probably <laughs> be Mojito. Oh, uh, it's Cuban Cuban restaurant. Yeah. Uh, up on Lake City Way. Okay. Uh, Luam, my boy, he's he's awesome. Uh, he's also worked out some good charity work for us too. Um, and, uh, you know, that's my favorite restaurant in Seattle just because it's the food. It's amazing. But when you walk in, you he makes you feel at home. You know, I, I, ordered, I ordered takeout one time. Yeah. And I walked in and I saw my takeout sitting there and he goes, ah, you got to sit down. And he made me drink a shot and a beer with him um, before I could get my takeout. Gotcha. <laughs> because he wanted to sit and Why talk not, to me. Right? That's a cool space. It, it, you yeah. know, he wanted to talk to me. He wanted to hang out with his friend. Yeah. You know, and I was like, dude, this is awesome. But he doesn't do, just do that with me. He does it with everybody that walks in there. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. That's cool. You got any more? I ain't got any more. I could, I could throw one more. We got uh, time? Got, we got maybe a couple more seconds. A couple more times. So, so Gene and I were talking before. We went to Wazoo together. And we want to say that Gardner Minshew copied Gene Lee on the mustache. <laughs> Because <laughs> Gene Lee came first, so that yeah, that's gotta that, we got to throw it out on you, that. You got to know the steps of, of what happened first, and yeah, Gardner Minshew. I, I, he, I give him props on his mustache. It's 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 legendary. Yeah, he's got a good Gene Lee going. Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, right on, wrap so, well, it. We'll wrap it up, man. It's been yeah. a great show. Yeah. I really appreciate you for Thank coming you, Gene, on. For coming on, I appreciate it. We'll yeah. have to you on the guys. DJ sessions here sometime soon. Um, don't forget to go to our website and don't forget Lost happening December Friday. 20th, this Friday at the Monkey Loft, 10 to 4 p.m. Get there early. The lines around the block. 10 p.m. 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. To 4 a.m. Yeah. 4 p.m. Oh, geez. Another 12, that would be awesome. 12-hour show. Get yeah. there early. Those yeah. are those lines. Are, are you going to have upstairs, downstairs, or just uh, Yeah, uh, it's just music upstairs, but the upstairs. downstairs will be open as well. Cool. Yeah. yeah, great legendary club. Brian has been holding down all the promoters that come through there. Just, It's a really great club. Check it out. Um, what's the lineup again? It's going to be uh, start off with uh, uh, the Silk Road. Then it, I'll okay. be playing at eleven. Sean Majors at twelve, uh, and then Snapdragon, and then Griffin Girl, and then Hector Rodriguez. Right on. Good yeah. lineup. Good lineup. Um, other than that, what else you got going on? Anything shout outs you want to give to anyone before I let you get going? Um, no, I mean you know just loss is the big thing, and that's what we're pushing because it's moving to to Saturdays now, okay. uh, starting in January. Uh, we're bringing it. We have a, a new resident that we're going to be announcing soon, and um, you know we're going to be really pushing loss to do bigger and better things next year. Awesome. Twenty twenty is going to be an awesome year for yeah. I think a lot of people. A lot oh, of things yeah. coming out. Uh, Nineteen was and just the a scene's really on fire weird. Right now, yeah, so. it is. Yeah, one hundred percent. On that note, I want to give some shout-outs to our sponsors. You got to give any shout-outs? Thanks to our listeners again. Thanks to I, the I, listeners. I can't thank them enough. Unfortunately, I'm not on the Facebook feed right now, so I can't give shout-outs to who's in the room, but I'll go back later and I'll like all your comments if you're commenting and talking to us. We really appreciate that. Also, you can send in questions. If you want to get on our shows or be part of our shows, let us know. Go to our website, thedjsessions.com. Find us on base, Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram. 
Hashtag the DJ sessions. You know where we're at. We got our events coming up for 2020. Again, special thanks to Gene Lee and the Lost Crew coming in. Let's go for it. Uh, SoundCloud.com slash Gene Lee Music. Gene Lee Music. Where can people find out more information about you? There you go. Cool. On that note, we're out of here. Thank you very much for watching. The DJ sessions presents the state of the industry sessions with your hosts, Darren and Tigro and our guest, Gene Lee. We'll see you next week. We're out. Peace. Peace.